Well, it's now time in the show where we get to discuss some of the week's top headlines. Our friend Rocco Achampong, Toronto lawyer and former mayoral candidate, joins me now. Hey, Rocco, how are you? Good morning, Maggie. How nice are, to be here with you. How are you? It's been a while. You doing well? It has been. Yeah, you know, I've just been observing what's going on in the city and, and keeping track of the headlines. And yeah. You know, that affects me uh, much so, I think, than the average citizen because I'm so involved with these issues. Um, this, is why, yeah, no. this is why we love to have you on, Rocco. T- talk to me. You were toying with the idea of running for mayor this time around, but you decided not to. You're not a part of the 102 uh, candidates. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm not a part of the 102. <laughs> and yes, I was toying with the idea. Um, I even declared that I was going to run. Yeah. And um my my team told me to just uh let's have a wait and see approach as to see to see who else comes out from the woodworks. Um and uh obviously uh they were smart. They were like, let's stay out of this one and let's see what happens in three and a half years. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the race right now? I mean, if you are I look, I think we all deeply care about this city. Mm-hmm. Um and but even more so when you are uh knowledgeable on the debates that are particular that are the particular debates happening at city council you can't help but feel slightly disillusioned it seems like no one is really inspiring anyone i don't there are people are saying i'm not inspired by anyone i don't like any of the candidates up there um so uh we're lacking a breakthrough candidate right now to rally the city i don't think uh the person that actually wins this is going to have much of a citywide mandate, even though they win the city, uh, the citywide election. It's true. I mean, they could have less than 20 percent of the vote when, you know, when all is said and done with a hundred and two people on the list. So there's no platform that's standing out for you. We were we were number crunching. And I think you just need one hundred and fifty thousand votes to win, which is less wow. than half oh, of what uh, a, a regular um, uh, contest winner in a mayoral election would need wow. to be mayor. Um, in terms of platform, Maggie, I mean, what's really sticking out for you? Well, I, I'm not going to say <laughs> because I'm a moderator <laughs> of, a, of a debate. So I want to remain oh, as right. objective as I possibly can. So that's why I I'm, saw a, that. I'm asking the questions right now, Rocco. You're, you're moderating. You're <laughs> moderating the, are you moderating the food bank debate? I am. I am. We just I spoke to Neil that, Hetherington. Maggie. Yes. So who, yes. who's standing up for you right now, Rocco? Any platform standing out? Um, I, I, I truly think, uh, the two main issues will have to do with our security posture yeah. and we'll have to deal with, uh, traffic and the, all right, so let's round off the top, the top three in no particular order, yep. security, yep. traffic, and homelessness. Okay. That's, those are the three major issues. And, and particularly because I, and, and especially because you, you'll be moderating the, um, the food bank, uh, debate, yep. poverty has to be top of the agenda because there are a lot of people struggling out there. Uh, I don't think the numbers are fully capturing the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, we still we still see a sizable increase. So um, I'm very, very scared for my fellow citizens in the city, my fellow, the fellow residents of Toronto in the city that are going through a hard time. And um, I'm not hearing anyone with any solutions at all. Well, the city council just declared homelessness an emergency in our city. Um, right. This comes alongside Hamilton, uh, Niagara Region, Peterborough, a right. number of different uh, cities. You know, there are some who say that this is just, uh, you know, it's it's just a grand posture. It's just a, a gesture. It doesn't do anything. It's symbolic. Uh, but I feel, Rocco, that, you know, as 
if the premier of our province doesn't see this as a problem, if the federal government doesn't say we need to put more money towards this instead of continuing to claw back, then this is just going to continue to be an issue and, and it's going to grow even more. I expect it to grow uh, in the next three and a half years. It's not, I mean, and we're expecting significantly more people to be joining us. It's not going to get any better. The numbers are going to be going up. Um, anyone that thinks otherwise just does not see the trend lines. Um, and we get lost in a jurisdictional maze. The federal government will pass it off to the Ontario yeah. government. The Ontario government will pass it off to the municipality, be it Toronto, Hamilton, or or what have you. Um, and the declaration of emergency doesn't come with any new funds to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Expand, uh, expand shelter capacity for people to have a bed. We really have a situation in the wealthiest city in the country where the average, where 9,000 people are declared homeless or registered homeless. Mm -hmm. And we only have space for roughly 6,600 people. I was reading the article on homelessness uh, just uh, this, uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I... One startling statistic that jumped out for me was that they are turning away 119 more calls a day. Yeah. Come on, something's got to be done. We something's really got to be done. And then when it comes to the programs where you know we're trying to get people off the streets and you know kind of subsidize some of the rental costs so that you know homeless people can uh, find some sort of housing. Uh, right. You know the provincial government has clawed back on that as well, and so that means less people that are going to receive help in finding uh, some sort of housing in our city. It's this week was quite a spectacle when it came to city council. Let's hear a little bit about a little, just a little bit of what was happening at city hall this week. Let's build the busway in Scarborough now. Okay. Okay. Do it now. Okay. They deserve it. They should get it. We should get on Cal with it. Councillor, thank you. Okay, and Councillor, I'm going to have to rule your motion out of order. And the reason for that is because we don't have the money. It's nice to make promises, but if you don't have the money, you can't. Add, city, add the city building fund to it, please. The last three no, words. No, sorry. To the, to the motion. Yes, you can. No. Don't, don't do that to Scarborough. Don't be, don't cheap out. Not doing it to Be serious. You're I, the speaker of this place. I'm saying that your motion is out of order. My motion is not out of order. I ruled your motion out of order, Councillor uh, Peruzza. Councillor Peruzza, you cannot talk to me like that. I'm asking you to leave. It's beneath you. It's beneath you. Can I have security remove him from the council chambers, please? I want you to leave. Okay, so that was just that was just a bit of the spectacle of this week. So Councillor Anthony Peruza, who you heard, uh, he is running. He's one of the 102 candidates running for mayor of the city, was trying to get council to vote on his motion to start building a new busway in Scarborough tomorrow. Um, right. And so the speaker of uh, council, Francis Nunziata, ruled that out of order. And Peruza didn't like that. And he started calling the speaker names. The speaker used security to remove Peruzza. Um, he, you know, you also hear uh, Councillor uh, Shelley Carroll call out Peruzza's behavior as well. I just think, Rocco, when we're dealing with an emergency situation with homelessness, we're dealing right. with, you know, transit, all of the things, th we don't have time 
for spectacles like this? I mean, there is hard work that needs to be happening. Well, I look, Anthony's uh, outburst, um, I think the best thing one could possibly give to it is that it has nothing to do with the fact that Scarborough is full rich, right? But now he can go out there and have a talking point and say, hey, I'm fighting for you guys on council. I might not be a Scarborough counselor, but I am your voice in council. I am getting kicked out because I am raising your issues. And to be fair, he's correct. Scarborough is like the orphan stepchild <laughs> of, uh, uh, of amalgamation. We really ignored Scarborough. So uh, while I'm sure there was a fair bit of political theater to get attention, um, he does raise a good point. Uh, so Premier Ford uh, faced a barrage of questions on Thursday around the Green Belt and his allowance of 3,000 hectares of the protected land to be developed on. Here's what he said in a press conference. There was nothing wrong that happened here. You know, we had a liberal government that a bunch of staffers randomly got a highlighter and went up and down roads. They were going through golf courses, through buildings. It was, it was just a big scam as far as I'm concerned. He is calling <laughs> the design of the Greenbelt a scam, which has offended a lot of people who worked very hard for years uh, studying and uh, outlining what the Greenbelt, how much of the Greenbelt uh, would be designated, be protected uh, in our province in order to protect our Greenland. Uh, Rocco, <laughs> what are your thoughts on on uh, Premier Ford calling basically the design of the Greenbelt a, a scam? Is it kind of a, a thumb and, a, you know, just kind of a, a pass at the fact that we're trying to protect some of the greenery in our province and, and protect some of the environment in our province? Well, I think, I think he needs to reframe the conversation. He's been under attack um, for, I mean, these sweetheart deals that have gone to developers yep. um, and who started snatching up the land long before the law was passed, which in and of itself on its face is very fishy. Uh, so he needs to reframe it. He needs to attack the very notion and the very process that went into designating uh, the green belts. And I think that's what he's doing. Calling it a scam uh, uh, refocuses the debate on whether or not um, the process was followed and whether or not the demarcated zones um, uh, ought to properly qualify for protection or should be removed from the housing stock or what he wants to say add to the housing stock. He's reframing it and uh, he needs to because uh, the focus has been on what appears to be some rather uh, backhanded dealing in back rooms. I, I think... I think you're right. I think he is trying to reframe it. But if anything, this is just adding right to the fact that there are so many concerns about, you're right, these backroom deals that we've been made aware of, which he has said was not a conflict of interest. We're, of course, talking about also the fact that uh, a number of developers were invited to uh, wedding events around uh, Premier Ford's daughter. Um, and, you know, some have called that a conflict of interest as well. Uh, I don't know if he's being successful, though, in reframing it, because if anything, it shows people that he has disregard for this protected area of our province that we need in order to protect 
our environment in order to protect the 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 uh, just you know areas that could be really at um, at odds at at danger of being dwindled and and pilfered and taken advantage of within our province. I mean that's that's something that should be considered and should be protected by our premier. Well, I, I do think that there is there is certainly going to be a lot more on uh, the Greenbelt story um, uh, to come. And uh, I mean, he's facing, I think, there are the, the Auditor General is investigating uh, the process uh, and the timeline and everything else. And the opposition appears to be holding his feet to the fire. We're going to be hearing a lot more on it. Um, and he's going to try to change the channel. But I don't think this one's going to go away. No, not anytime soon. Uh, thoughts on the approval of council to allow uh, multiplexes to be built in what was historically known as the Yellow Belt. You know, for years, 70% of the city was only zoned for single-story homes. Do you feel this is a step in the right direction? It is a step in the right direction. Um, but let's see how it also plays out because um, let's see how it actually manifests itself you know what do what does a tech what does how affected will be the textures of a neighborhood uh by additions of uh uh these um new multiplexes we need to do something that we will be having demand is surging uh for housing and i don't think anyone can say there it isn't uh supply is stagnant uh and it's it's not moving um so this allows for more supply that's just one more tool in the arm uh in in our toolkit to be able to do something something needs to be done we do need to build and a nimbyism is not going to help us well that's just going to ask you i mean there are those who are you know concerned that sure. the um the framework the way that they've seen their neighborhoods for so many years will change um and you know you called it nimbyism some people just say it's protecting well, it's, it is nimbyism, but, you know, I mean, some people will defend that and say that they don't want to see uh, a structural change to their neighborhoods. Is that really realistic in a city like ours? And again, we are continuing to welcome so many new people into the city every single day. Thousands of people call Toronto home. We can't continue to have 70 percent of the city uh, be single uh, single family homes. No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, property values will certainly be affected. Whether or not it goes downhill or uphill is uh, still yet to be seen. Um, and, you know, inclusionary zoning has to make available more land for development. We do need to increase the housing stock, the housing supply, or else the homelessness issue we were discussing previously before will be a bigger problem to come. Um, and obviously, more supply will certainly have a a drive-down effect on prices. It's just basic economics. And let's see uh, whether or not we can, uh, we, can, we can do something to, to add to the existing housing stock because it needs to be done. It really must be done. Uh, on that point, you talked about the homelessness issue. I mean, we just had Cheryl Case on. She's from CP Planning. And, and she's really trying to push the conversation around deeply affordable housing. Because, you know, while now we are opening up uh, areas of the city to multiplexes, that does not mean that that will address the homelessness issue, right? I mean, these these 
potential multiplexes will still be quite expensive. And, you know, I mean, I'm trying to look at getting back into the housing market here in Toronto. And it is, it's hard. And I have a full-time job, right? And so um, when when it comes to deeply affordable housing, that continues to still be an issue that this is not going to solve. Um, look, just on, on a basic graphical representation, demand supply establishes a price point, quote unquote, an equilibrium price point. More demand will drive down prices. Hmm. No, sorry. More supply will drive down prices. That's just mm-hmm. fundamental, foundational. Um, you're, you're correct. It does not speak to the affordable affordable housing issue, but we also have policies in place that that require a portion of the stock to go to affordable housing. So it's a small measure. It will not get rid of the problem. It is a small measure, but it, it is a step in the right direction. We need to begin. We need to build more. We need to build, 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 to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, uh, the federal government unveiled a redesign of the Canadian passport and it is getting some mixed <laughs> reviews to say the least. Oh, there my are God. there are now some generic images of landscapes and animals and children, a change from uh, the former version. There were prior to the the revamp, there were images of the uh, Vimy Memorial, the National Vimy Memorial, uh, Terry Fox, the Fathers of Confederation. Right. Pierre Polyev has called Justin Trudeau's redesign egotistical. Uh, have you seen the images? What are your thoughts of, of them? Well, I mean, this is uh, so it's a slow news day, obviously, in Parliament, <laughs> and uh, the opposition is trying to make much ado of uh, nothing, to be perfectly candid with you. And my understanding is that there's even a, a, a picture of the Prime Minister uh, jumping out at Harrington Lake when he was a child oh in the passport. But I'm one of these people that renews uh, his passport every 10 years, yep. right? So uh, I'm not going to be seeing these two pictures anytime soon. It's going to be long after the federal election. Uh, and depending on who wins, there may be a further redesign. Uh, but it's it might, it's, 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 not, it's a non-issue issue. The, the federal government has the right to do so. Um, uh, and I, I, this, is, this does not affect the pocketbook issues that uh, families are dealing with in the country. I think it's uh, much ado about nothing. You're not getting hot and bothered by this? You're not going to rip up your passport or anything like that, Rocco? (laughs) Maggie, when was the last time? When was the last time? I only ever look at my passport to see how many pages I have left uh, for, for, for immigration officials to stamp in other countries. I've never looked at the pictures. I was um, actually thinking the same thing, Rocco. As I was you know, listening to all of this conversation this week, I thought the same thing. I was like, when was the last time I actually looked at the photos in my passport? I mean, I'm going to be using right? it this coming week, so I, I guess I will to see <laughs> what pages I have empty. But yeah, I don't really actually pay attention to the images, and maybe I should. I don't- I don't know. I don't. I don't know anyone with a passport has ever spoken to me about the images <laughs> inside a passport. So if this is what the opposition wants to talk about federally, um, we're wildly off the mark. Um, but hey, I mean, they need to come at the uh, the prime minister somehow, and I guess this is just another angle. Rocco, always, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Thank you, Maggie.